And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spitaro, and I am here with my very good buddy, Mr. Scott Gardner. Hello. And we are here to talk about the next chapter in the Thing versus Hulk. Uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. Uh, retrospective. Saga. This saga. Okay. Uh, now I don't know. (laughs) This one is kind of interesting, uh, much in the way that the last two were kind of interesting in in the same way. Um, this is part of a four, four, four issue story called countdown. Um, and I guess just to give the broad strokes of it, uh, there's a, character villainous character called madman uh who secretly don't tell anybody is the brother of the leader and he's been jealous of bruce banner for years he was a scientist and uh in an attempt to recreate uh what turned bruce banner into the hulk uh he infected himself with something that uh create changed him into a kind of a what do you want to call it? An inferior Hulk, uh, maybe. Um, but he, he starts a whole plan uh, going where Bruce Banner gets injected with some sort of uh, radiation, and that's killing him internally little by little. So, uh, you know, the, the Hulk is actually becoming more and more emaciated as the story goes on. Uh, and the first issue has... Uh, has the Hulk fighting off the abomination. Second Hulk, ha- second issue has him fighting off the she Hulk. Third issue is the leader. And the fourth issue is the final uh, contact with madman. Uh, final conflict. Second, second one is the she thing. She thing. What did I say? She Hulk. She Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cause I'm not that bright. Anybody who's <laughs> listening to me for facts, maybe you should rethink that. Um, but anyway, uh, it was it was a pretty entertaining story, and we were just talking about it before we started recording. Uh, I had only read this, whatever it was, uh, ten years ago or so when we were previously, or mo- probably more like twelve years ago, when we were talking <laughs> about doing our uh, Hulk thing retrospective back then. Uh, and I read through all the issues, so I had read this then and hadn't seen it since. And when I picked it up to read it again, I didn't rem- remember anything except for the the very, very broad strokes of it. Uh, but in rereading it, I enjoyed this story, the entire four-issue story, very, very much. Uh, and I, I'm under the impression that you thought the same thing. Absolutely. Um I kind of vaguely remembered the second chapter, you know, the one that's pertinent to to us and what we're covering with the Hulk versus Thing battles. That that seemed familiar, although I had forgotten much of it. But the entire four issue mini within the series, uh, you know, the whole countdown thing, I to my recollection, I'd never read that before. And I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I thought it was really good. Of course, this is. Um, just after, you know, back in the day, and I apologize, longtime listeners are probably really sick of me telling this story, but, um, you know, I really got into the Hulk when, uh, when Todd McFarlane was the artist on it. And, and that was just shortly after, I think, um, when Peter David came into the title as the, as the regular, uh, writer on it. And I just really got into it between the art and the, and the writing and everything, was really enjoying it and then they uh they just really pissed me off with issue 360 and a certain reveal that happened there and i just kind of 
what the young folks call rage quit. I just rage quit the title at that point and I was done. Um, but in the intervening years, I've, I've, uh, collected all the issues on the extreme cheap out of the, you know, out of like 50 cent bins and everything. And I actually have the whole rest of the era. And I have been meaning for the longest time to sit down and I, I kind of, I want to back up a bit, you know, to kind of refresh myself and reread the stuff that I'd liked before, but I, I want to finish, you know, at least like volume one of the Hulk and read the whole thing, you know, I, at least the Peter David run. And I think he does go on to the very end of it. Um, it just keeps getting bumped to the back burner, but ha- you know, sitting down and reading this last night, I was like, damn, I really like this. And I really got to bump that Hulk reading project higher up my list. Cause, uh, I, I enjoyed this a lot between both, uh, again, you know, the art, even though it's a different artist and, uh, Peter David's writing and the, the great Hulk's just my favorite Hulk. He's just, he's cool. And I really liked him in, in this particular story for, all the reasons that uh, that I like the Gray Hulk. He, he exhibits all those things here. You know, he's clever. He's uh, kind of nasty. You know, he's not afraid to fight dirty type of thing. And yeah, I, I like that. He's just he's the one that entertains me the most as the Hulk. Yeah, and you know, I think you know the if you set nostalgia aside, and nostalgia is a huge thing in my uh, it's a huge arrow in my quiver. Uh, but anyway, if you set nostalgia aside, I see objectively where this is a better written, more enjoyable Hulk, because there's just so much right. more you can do with the character. Uh, the problem from my perspective is, you know, I started reading it when it was the, you know, the dimwitted Hulk. Uh, and that's always going to be the Hulk that I first knew. And that's always going to be the Hulk that I'm going to be most familiar with. Uh, that's the one I'm going to think right. of first. So, but I, I prefer if, like I said, if I'm looking at it objectively, I prefer this Hulk to the uh, learning impaired Hulk. I want to try and come up with the right way to call him. <laughs> uh, I also prefer it to the Professor Hulk. Right. Because I think there's a lot more you can do with it. And there's a lot more depth to the character and, and fun that you could have with things that you put him through. Uh, so I, I am in agreement with you, but I'm always going to have the nostalgia factor of, you know, the more simple Hulk being my Hulk. So, uh, again, I really enjoyed this story, but I'm going to give you the synopsis to issue 365, uh, which is the Hulk versus the she thing story. And the cover has, you know, the countdown logo at the top, cause that's the story it's countdown. And then the three is enlarged. Uh, that it's the the third to last story of the part, uh, and it shows the she thing having just punched the emaciated Hulk, and he's flying towards the reader. Um, it's a Walt Simonson cover. Quite frankly, I don't think it's Walt's best work. I yeah. don't like the way he draws the she thing's arm. It looks like it's dislocated in order to throw the punch. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think that it could it would have uh, been better if there was some background beyond what's on the photo on the picture, rather. Uh, So, you know, overall, it's not a bad cover, but I just don't think it's among Walt Simonson's better work. What do you think? Uh, I will totally agree with you on that. Um, Yeah, I don't really care for the covers of any of these four, all four of them, uh, you know, all four of the chapters for a Walt Simonson cover and Walt Simonson, I would consider right up there, you know, on the, on that long list of, you know, my favorites. Um, you know, I love his Thor stuff, love his star Wars, really love his star Wars stuff, you know, Battlestar Galactic. I mean, there's a whole long list, but this, I, I don't know if it was a rush job. I don't know if he was in a weird place. I don't know what's going on with this, but, uh, yeah, I just don't care for it. I wonder if this is right around the time that he had his stint on the uh, Fantastic Four, because I'll be honest, I didn't care for that much either. Either right, you know, the because I think he was both writer and artist during that that stint of his. Yeah, I'm pretty and sure I, he was. Yeah, I didn't think much of that uh, either way, writing or art on there. I think it was, you know, one of his rare missteps. I just didn't, uh, you know, I didn't get a lot out of it. Um, well, I think I think personally. I think Walt Simonson is a very, very good writer. I also think he's an excellent artistic storyteller. 
I don't think he's a great poster draw poster artist. Right. Uh, and to, you know, as much as I've cr- criticized some covers for being poster art, uh, I think even when they're, when they're done right, they combine being poster art with being part of the story. Uh, and so you do have to have that ability to be a good cover artist. Uh, in, in some ways, it's it's surprising that I enjoy a lot of Gil Kane's covers as much as I do, because I also consider him to be more of a storyteller than a poster artist. Uh, so I'm going to liken it to that. Who you know, we've spoken so many times about how much I love Gil Kane's art. So I'm, I'm pointing that out to show you I'm not you know I'm not down on Walt Simonson. I just don't know that he's the right choice to be doing covers. Right. So, but I tell the, you, of the of the four, this is the one that I like the best, though. Okay, I can give you that. Um, that's that's damning it with faint praise. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Uh, but you know, that's that's fine. <laughs> uh, the story is written by Peter David. It is penciled by Jeff Purvis, who I'm not very familiar with. It's inked by Marie, Marie Severin, who I love. Uh, it is colored by Glynis Oliver, lettered by Joe Rosen, and the editors are Bobby Chase and James D. Giovanna. The story synopsis is as follows. Following his battle with the Abomination, the Hulk has collapsed due to the fact that he has been poisoned. Now the people running the Yucca Flats nuclear research facility try to contain him. As he's being carried away by a forklift, the Hulk wakes up and leaps away needing to find some place to think about his next move. No sooner has the Hulk left has Doc Sampson arrived at the scene to investigate. At that moment, at an annual science convention, convention in Phoenix, Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four is giving an address to the audience. In the audience are Ben Grimm and his girlfriend, Ms. Marvel. As Grimm complains about having to sit through yet another one of Reed's boring speeches, the Hulk suddenly comes crashing through the roof into the middle of the convention. Ms. Marvel tells Ben to stay back as she has been waiting for an opportunity to take on the Hulk. The Hulk mistakes Ms. Marvel for the Thing, who has since been reverted back to human form since his last encounter. Ms. Marvel responds by landing a punch that sends the Hulk smashing out of the building and into the middle of the street. The force of the battle is so great that it is heard by the invisible woman who's shopping not far away. Meanwhile, Ms. Marvel corrects the Hulk on his case of mistaken identity. The gamma-spawned brute quips that at least she didn't call herself something stupid like the she-thing as the battle rages on. Ben Grimm watches and sees how his girlfriend is defending his honor and feels depressed as he is too weak to do it himself. As the battle continues, Ms. Marvel manages to get the upper hand, but the Hulk eventually gets fed up of listening to her talk and jams two of his fingers in her mouth. By this point, Ben Grimm has grown tired of standing on the sidelines and jumps on the Hulk's back. This shocks the Hulk enough to drop Ms. Marvel. The Hulk finally recognizes Ben Grimm and asks how he got turned into something so ugly. During their exchange, Ms. Marvel recovers and, not seeing her boyfriend on the Hulk's back, picks them both up and tosses them. They are stopped from slamming into the wall thanks to the fast action of Mr. Fantastic, who uses his pliant body to cushion their fall. Meanwhile, back at the Yucca Flats facility, Doc Sampson finds it hard to believe that the Hulk could still be alive after all this time. When he tries to investigate, Philip Stearns denies knowing Bruce Banner or that they were working together. This angers Doc Sampson, who can tell that Stearns is lying, but there is nothing he can do to make the man talk. With no further need to discuss things, Philip tells Sampson that he needs to get back to work. Back in Phoenix, the Hulk remarks how stupid Mr. Fantastic was by knocking himself out trying to save him. This allows Ms. Marvel to once again regain her composure and renew her attack. Fed up with the woman he considers a pale imitation of the real thing, the Hulk lays into her. This time, when the Hulk knocks Ms. Marvel into a fire hydrant, she suddenly turns invisible, alerting the Hulk to the presence of the invisible woman. Seeing the outline of Sue Richards in the water, the Hulk warns her against attacking him. Suddenly, the Hulk is struck by another heart attack from the poison coursing through his veins. Ms. Marvel finally knocks him out, but Mr. Fantastic orders his team to stand down. Observing that there's something wrong with the Hulk, Reed tells the others that they must do what they can to help him because it's the right thing to do. When the Hulk wakes up, he finds himself in a hospital. After being made to apologize for his rampage, the Hulk is told 
that something has been causing him a series of heart attacks. The doctors have tried to get a blood sample, but none of their needles can pierce the Hulk's, Hulk's dense skin. In order to help discover what is wrong with him, the Hulk punches himself in the face to cause a nosebleed and tells Reed and the doctors that he can keep doing it until they get all the blood they need. Later, the Hulk goes to a bar where Ben Grimm is stewing over their plans to save the Hulk. The Hulk orders a milk and sits down next to the man who used to be the thing, and the two begin talking. The Hulk makes Ben realize that the only one who held a grudge between the two of them over the years was Grimm himself. The Hulk then makes Ben remember their first encounter, pointing out how everyone assumed that the Hulk was responsible for wrecking devices around the base when it was a spy named the Wrecker. This makes Ben Grimm point out that the Hulk attacked him because the Gamma Spawn brute was envious of everything he had as the thing, despite the fact that he was a monster. The Hulk counters by saying that the difference between him and Ben was that the thing was this, that the Hulk never wasted his time wishing he wasn't a monster, and the thing was envious of his confidence and strength. Before he leaves the bar, the Hulk tells Ben that all all the times he let the thing win in a fight, the Hulk was going easy on him. The Hulk then returns to the hospital and learns that Mr. Fantastic and the doctors have finished their test. Reed explains that the poison in his system is like a a modified autoimmune virus that is preventing the Hulk's immune system from fighting it. Richards goes on to explain that while the poison was meant to kill Bruce Banner almost immediately, it will slowly kill the Hulk as well until the cure is found. The end. So this came out in January of, or the cover is dated January of 1990. Uh, So right off the bat, the first thing I'm starting to think with the autoimmune findings and all of that is, is this some sort of commentary on the AIDS virus? Well, Reed does say that. He says to a degree it's an, it's like an artificially created AIDS virus. He specifically uses the term AIDS virus. Okay, so I, I don't recall. <laughs> I missed reading that or I forgot about it already. I, I, I don't know necessarily it's a commentary, but maybe just trying to make it topical, you know, um, mm-hmm. which unfortunately dates it badly in that aspect i think because is is age really a thing anymore well you know i mean i don't want to get too far into that topic but uh well yeah and no, i know i didn't mean to drop a bomb in the room yeah, but, no, but it, it's you don't I hear mean, about I, it I, I, I assume it's still a thing but you don't really hear too much about it at this point uh right so cle- clearly they've come up with ways to if nothing else hold it in abeyance until uh you know till people basically pass away of some other thing right uh, you know i mean yeah, which is what i meant I, I didn't mean to sound like an insensitive asshole I, I mean it's just that's what i meant was that you don't you don't you just don't hear about it. it it's not the you know the huge news story that it was at this time yeah i keep coming back to the fact that you know magic johnson was diagnosed as <clears throat> hiv positive back in i don't know 1991 1992 somewhere around there and he's still alive and God bless. That's that's a, that's a good thing. I'm not trying. I'm not saying that as a uh, you know as as a negative in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but you know, I I always keep going back to that, thinking, okay, they've. I, I don't know if they've just learned how to keep HIV positive in abeyance, or if the actual AIDS virus can be held in abeyance. I don't know. Right. I don't know yeah, enough don't about know. it, and and I didn't really do any research, so I may be speaking <laughs> naively. I don't know. So I'm going to say right off the bat, I love the artwork in this issue. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I, I was a little bit nervous of what you might think of it. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. I really do. I mean, I always liked Jeff Purvis, and, and I know that we had talked about him before, but I, I couldn't remember what the what the whole skinny was on it. So I looked him up once again. And I'm just I'm really sad to see that, uh, according to Mike's Amazing World, now – now, granted, Mike doesn't have every single comic from every single company in there, but he's pretty thorough, you know, as far as Marvel, DC, and, and you know, the big indies. And according to Mike, um, his sole work is his run on the Hulk and two Hulk-related stories in Marvel Comics Presents, and that's it. So, Did he do the Hulk issues that we did last time that I was a little down on? Um, he did. So the, if or I was somewhat down on, I think he we, did. Yeah, we covered. 
the a Hulk issue and a Fantastic Four issue because it was like a two part. Is that right? Right. Yes. And he did the Hulk one. And, and I think was, I was down on that, but I'm liking this one very, very much. And I think I'm going to give a lot of the credit to that for that to Marie Severin uh, yeah. inking his his pencils. I think, you know, apparently combined <clears throat> with an inker who I respect more, uh, I really like the artwork. Well, that was 350, I believe. And it's funny because he was inked by Terry Austin on that. But I, I will agree with you. I think the art is actually I think it's much better in this uh in this particular issue. And I am ashamed to say I missed entirely that it was Marie Severin, but yeah, I, I like it. And and I agree with you. I think a lot of it has to do with the, uh, with the inking and uh, also the coloring may be different as well. I really like, let's see the colorist on this is Glenn. Uh, well, it says Glenn Ween Oliver. I don't know which name she was going by at the time. Whereas on 350, it was, yeah, it was uh, Petra Scortis. So yeah, there you go. So yeah, different colorist and different inker, and yeah, it, it's a vast improvement. Because I remember liking 350, but not loving it. And I felt I remember feeling that way at the time too. So I don't know. Maybe that was a oh no, the prior issue where, where he fights Spider-Man in 349 was the same. It was Terry Austin. Uh, so I don't know, but I, yeah, I definitely feel like. For one thing, his style probably improved because here this is a, a year and some later from issue 350. But also, yeah, he's uh, you know he's got a different inker and a different uh, colorist, and yeah, I think it makes all the difference. The the yeah. all, the sole you know on a quick flipping back through this the sole uh, panel of the whole book that I didn't much care for was the the full reveal that it's Doc Samson. On page, uh, damn pages aren't numbered, but uh, it's page five of the scan. Um, page three on the on the uh, of of the issue. Oh, okay. It's actually at the at the very bottom. Oh, okay. It has, it has a page number. Yeah, he just uh, he's got kind of a derpy look on his face, and I think John Byrne was the only one that really made this costume work, and that just barely. But here, he he looks like what i think burn was going for which was wrath of khan you know so mm. i uh i, I kind of I, again you know i don't know how much of his nostalgia but i like his modified shazam costume better yeah yeah me too yeah with the big lightning bolt and all that yeah i do too so let's get to the battle here because that's what's important <laughs> this is a thing hulk retrospective so he come, I'm, I'm jumping right through to page number six. He comes bursting into the, uh, you know, the convention center and is immediately confronted by uh, Ms. Marvel. I, I prefer to call her the she-thing, despite the fact that the Hulk thinks it's a stupid name. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's confronted by her. And then the first panel on the next page, you just see him flying through the wall because she just punched him so hard that he came through. Uh, and he's, he's in danger of being <laughs> run over by a truck uh, and a car. Uh, and it's just very cool. I think it's really well thought, you know, very well drawn. I think the, uh, you know, just, just the, the way it's laid out, you know, you see that these cars are going out of the way not to hit him. Uh, it's just really cool. I love the panel where where he where the Hulk confronts. Uh, well, he thinks it's he thinks it's Ben. So you know he's confronting the she thing, but thinking that it's Ben. And I just love the dialogue. He's pointing, and even though he has kind of a typical Hulk look on his face, I almost get the fact that he's he's like holding back, cracking up, and he just says, "Grim, ha!" He goes, "What the heck happened to you?" He goes, "Last time you looked like a pineapple. Now you're a broad." What a riot. And I thought I had problems. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The dialogue is fantastic in this. I mean, it, it's so well written and really funny. And this is, this is, you know, he's, he's, I mean, I guess he's not aware that he's dying yet, but he's going through all sorts of physical issues. He knows there's something going on and yet he still has the wherewithal to laugh at the thing. <laughs> which which goes you know goes to show you his personality yeah his cockiness is fantastic because even when he's getting his ass kicked you know he's he's still cocky 
And I, I love that. I think that's really cool. And then his, his first reaction after he gets thrown through the wall and into the street, his <laughs> punches like a girl. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. So she, the, the Ms. Marvel gets in the first good shot. Then she comes back to him and he takes a, 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 I guess, a roundhouse right and she totally ducks underneath it and and counters with a, a knee to the uh, solar plexus and then a, a, a kind of a downward blow to his head uh, and then kicks him. So, I mean, she's really doing well against him to start. Yep. She, she picks up a car and is ready to throw that at him, uh, but then he tackles her and then he realizes that it's Ms. Marvel. I love the distraction where she picks up the car intent to smash him. Cause she says, she goes, now just hold still a sec. She's about to smash him with the car. And he says, uh, I think you should know there's a kid in that car. I love that. I like, cause he's totally bullshitting her. And I, I love and then the that. look on her face is good too. Again, going yep. to the art. Yep. That's great. He tackles her and says, sucker. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like I say, he's not afraid to fight dirty. And I love it. So, uh, but you know what? She's still, she's still holding her own here. She, she blocks his punch. She, she gets him with a, a, a right uppercut, then hits him with a left cross, then hits him with a straight right, and then hits him right to the, to the stomach. I mean, she's getting in some good shots and again, really well choreographed in the art. But the Hulk immediately... <laughs> Just sticks two fingers into her mouth and then lifts her in the air by the face. <laughs> so that's that's what prompts Ben to 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 jump on his back. And again, the distraction now that that the Hulk realizes what's going on. So he's he's a yeah. little thrown off, so which gives her a chance. He still didn't he still didn't buy it when she because she she told him she said you idiot I'm not the thing I'm Ms Marvel. But he still didn't believe it because when he's holding her up by the by the jaw, essentially with his fingers down her throat, he's he's saying he goes, "Geez, I I thought you ran off at the mouth when you were a guy. Now you're a broad." <laughs> I mean, he's, so he's still going on with that. He still thinks that that it's just you know an act or something. I guess he and, thinks that somehow Ben Grimm got turned into a woman, right? And not not so much that a different person is the thing. That's awesome. So so then, yeah, Ben Grimm jumps on his back, and then he turns around. Cripes, it is you. <laughs> Grimm, you look awful. <laughs> <laughs> then that's followed up with Ms. Marvel grabbing him, lifting him over her head. And you could see the way it's drawn. Again, I'm giving credit to this artwork. Why she wouldn't realize that Ben is on his back. Right. And he takes her, takes him and throws him. But now I'm going to quibble a little bit. Uh, you know, Reed jumps in and, and prevents him from just slamming into the concrete wall. But the way they go against the wall, it's, you know, Reed is between the wall and them. Then there's Ben and then there's the Hulk. So the Hulk is smashing into the thing, into Reed Richards, into the wall. It would still probably pulverize him. Right. Yeah. Well, if it, if it was enough to knock Reed out, you would think it would have done something to Ben. But yeah, he he just gets up and he's kind of rubbing his head, and that's about it. So you don't see him, you know, he, he doesn't appear to be in any pain or have any broken bones or anything like that. So yeah, that that's a little bit wonky. I think it's just a you know takes the logic of it a little to task. I think it would have been it might have worked a little bit better if uh, now, you know, granted, Reed is supposed to be a, like caught off guard with this. We so wasn't really prepared. But I think if he had like inflated himself like a big cushion type of thing, it, it might have, you know, might have gone down a little easier, I guess. I think, yeah, that would probably be a better. Better presentation of it. So that you could understand why. You know, Ben would basically get through it without being a uh, broken mess. Right. Because the way they show it, you know, it still looks like they hit into that wall pretty hard. And and it's not just 
Ben hitting into the wall. It's Ben hitting into the wall with the Hulk hitting into him from there. So that's that's a little much. But anyway, the battle continues. Um, where is it? I lost to? Okay, yeah. First, uh, well, you know, while while uh, the Hulk is distracted by Richards being knocked out, she hits him with, I guess, what appears to be a uh, satellite dish pole from behind and, yeah. and, and rams him up against the wall. But then he just starts to crush the pole, you know, after the initial blow. He says, you know, now that I know you're not the thing, you're less interesting than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Still a wise ass, wise ass. So she now throws a punch that he ducks under. He grabs her fist, gives her a shot to the belly, uh, and then Probably. follows that up with an upper, uh, an uppercut. Which yeah. knocks her down, and then Sue, uh, you know, makes her invisible. Uh, then he has his heart attack. At which point, the thing comes up from behind, slams him in the head. Or excuse me, Ms. Marvel comes up from behind, slams him in the head with a fist, and knocks him out. Uh, now, see, I, I like again. This demonstrates that, you know, while you know he is clearly the Hulk, he's not stupid. He's he's very smart. You know, he's, he has some of Banner's intelligence because he quickly realizes that Ms. Marvel didn't just like disappear or teleport he realizes that it's the invisible woman even though he can't see her he knows that that's her power and that's her thing and calls her out and i i like that i thought that was pretty clever that you know he quickly figured out okay i'm fighting the fantastic four so of course this is what's going on i thought that was pretty smart on his part yeah definitely and he also spots her in the water Right. Because he knows yeah. what to look for. Right. At this point, I mean, that's the end of the battle. And we already gave the synopsis of the story. Um, but I think it's worth kind of sticking with the issue a little bit to talk about the verbal confrontation between Ben Grimm yes. and the Hulk. So, yeah, I, this, I like the way they present is... it. Yeah, this was actually the more interesting part of the whole thing. I mean, I, I like the fight. It's It's beautifully drawn and staged and all that but this to me was this was the most interesting part of the entire story as a whole was these two actually getting a moment where they could just talk and kind of suss out okay what what is the issue between the two of us and and i i love this i think this is just really excellent dialogue and and some nice character insights as well i i, I love this part that's well that's the thing that i truly like about it is that this character insight it's not just a hey let's give a retrospective on the four, uh, on prior battles it's let's give their perspective on it you know with the first one you know for starters you could have apologized you know <laughs> that, that he's he's thinking that way uh and then you know i i think the hulk has a much better grasp on what's going on what went on between them you know, as far as, you know, I, I, that I was always comfortable being the Hulk and you were trying to change. Right. And you were jealous of me. <laughs> so I, I think that's that's pretty cool. And then he just just walks away from him. And I do like remember the time. Remember all those times I beat you up? Yeah, I was going easy on you. <laughs> He's such a wise guy. There's just there's so much going on here, you know, even beyond the the visuals, because there's some great little things happening, you know, around them, too. Like, I love when the Hulk walks up and plunks himself on the bar stool next to Ben. You see there's a guy that's already at the bar and he immediately throws a couple bills down and just storm. He's like, I'm out of here. So I love that. But I get the real feeling. um, and something happened earlier in the issue that kind of hinted at it as well. But I, I really get the feeling here that even though now Ben has everything that he wanted, you know, he's human again after wanting that so badly for so long. Now with Sharon's condition as the she thing and then this fight with the Hulk where he was effectively useless. There's a there's a really cool tension to this scene, you know, an added tension in the fact that. He's not the thing anymore. He got the thing that he wanted to be human, but now he's he's still not happy. And I like that. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 a clear case of be careful what you wish for. Right, right. You know, and and it, he got what he wished for, and and he's not happy with it. You know, he's he's. I mean, I guess the real solution would have been uh, what they played with, and it's it's nice to see that they do explore these things uh, around. You know, Hulk, uh, whatever it was. I mean, Fantastic Four rather. Uh, one one oh nine, one ten, one eleven. When he's able to turn at will back and forth from right. the thing to the Hulk, but then that has an adverse. Uh, effect on uh you know on his mental stability and that you know they have to basically get rid of that so you know it, it's but that's the only way i think uh that it makes sense to have them you know to to grant his wishes because he wants the best of both worlds he wants to be, be human when he wants to be and he also wants to be the thing when you know he he likes being the hero right so when he can't be, he feels inadequate now because he's experienced it. And I think, you know, it gives him a layer of complexity instead of just being the downtrodden, oh, woe is me, I want to be cured guy. Although some writers do that. Now, one of the things that the uh, the synopsis skipped over was the whole fact that the Hulk finally confesses that you know that basically his feelings have been hurt all these years that you know their very first confronta- confrontation was a case of mistaken identity that the hulk was being blamed for something he didn't do and that's why the fantastic four pursued him and fought him and he says to ben that you know all he really wanted that was an apology and at first, you know, Ben is kind of like, what? Apologize? You are crazy, he says. And, you know, why should I apologize to you and everything? But then, you know, after the Hulk finishes his drink and kind of pats him on the back on his way out the door, he stops him. You know, Ben stops him and calls him and says, hey, Hulk. He says, uh, he goes, I'm, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I thought you were the record. I love that moment. I, I really like that, that he was man enough to realize you know what he, the guy's got a point you know we you know we were we were wrong you know we wronged him and i like that and then the hulk being you know the way he is in, in this gray form still being kind of an asshole <laughs> can't help but get a dig in as he's headed out the door i love that remember all the times we, i beat you up i was going easy i love it i, I love that you know he, he's just you know that getting that needle in at the at the very end but that last <laughs> panel of uh you know, it's just a silent panel. The last panel on the page of just Ben sitting there completely alone at the bar. That I like that. That's a nice touch. It kind of it hits a little hard, you know, that, you know, he's he's got what he wants, but he's lost so much at the same time. I, I really like that. Agreed. I think that's that's a very effective. Again, I think the artwork in this is really good on two levels. Not yep. only do I like the individual images, which is what I think. I believed was lacking last time. I, I would have to listen to that again to know for sure, uh, but I don't expect to be doing that. So if anybody else wants to listen, you can let me know. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know, but the storytelling here is really well done. I think the, uh, you know, the, the, the fight sequences are very well drawn and, and, and uh, choreographed so that they all make sense. I think the story, you know, from panel to panel all makes sense. And I think there's a lot of very effective shots, like you said, you know, that that last one of him sitting alone, uh, it just, you know, really just brings the message home. I would love to know what uh, what happened with Jeff Purvis, because he didn't even finish this four issue, you know, mini within the series because next issue is his last issue. And like I said, I I had read the, you know, the issue that we were just looking at. I had read that before, but I had not read the whole mini before. And I was really surprised to find that 367, the last chapter of this, was the first Hulk work by Dale Keown, because I thought he came in at 377 the issue where all the well, basically the Hulk gets psychoanalyzed by Doc Samson, and that's where he mutates again, and we get the Smart Hulk. 
I thought that was Keon's first issue. So I was really kind of surprised to see him as the artist on the final chapter of this, but I, I can't help. But, I mean, what the hell happened to Purvis that he didn't at least finish this story? I mean, that it seems like that would have been a good way for him to go out if he was going to transition out and somebody else was going to transition in. That's just a weird place to bow out is the, you know, the third issue of a four part series, you know, Mm-hmm. but I don't know. I've tried to look him up before and I just couldn't really find anything. He, he did this Hulk stuff and then boom, he was gone. And it's a shame because by the time he was done, he had really become a, a fantastic artist. Cause the next issue is great too. Looks really, really good. Yeah, and I cool. liked his take on the, on the leader. I thought his take on the leader was actually really cool as well. So yeah, it's just a shame that, you know, he disappeared, whatever happened to him. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I, I couldn't say, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, they leave this particular business just because of the pressures of, you know, having to, to get an issue out every month for whatever they get paid. And I think very often it need, they need to really, to make a decent salary, they have to get several issues out a month and, Right. That's beyond a lot of guys' capabilities, uh, just speed-wise. I'm not talking about talent-wise. Right. And, you know that that factors in a big, you know, a great deal. So we do need to uh, to declare a winner on this fight. And it, it's a tough one because I do feel the Hulk was often hampered by reasons not of his making, and I also think that. Ms. Marvel got a lot of help from other areas, you know, the Ben Grimm distracting him and then Sue Storm distracting him and then, you know, Reed Richards saving Ben Grimm and, you know, him having to go over and see what, you know, how Richards is. That that all allowed her to recover and kind of catch him off guard a lot and things like that. Meanwhile, the distraction she had was of the Hulk's making, you know, there's a kid in that car, you know, that thing. Uh, so that was just, you know, that was a fight technique by him. Uh, so I'm, I'm hesitantly giving her the battle because the final outcome is what the final outcome is. Uh, so I'm giving her the check mark, but I feel like it deserves an asterisk. Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to, uh, the Hulk with, uh, with both fights. Because while she gets in more licks than the Hulk does, you know, the she thing does, once he realizes that she truly is not Ben Grimm mutated into, uh, you know, a woman, that, that she is somebody completely different, and he stops playing around, then she's completely outclassed, because he just beats the hell out of her, essentially. And... While he doesn't knock her out, I think he could have. I mean, she's clearly down, and she looks hurt when uh, when the invisible woman, um, you know, makes her invisible, you know, renders her uh, invisible to the Hulk. She looks injured. I mean, she she looks like she's she's down. Mm-hmm. And then the only reason she's able to knock the Hulk out is because the Hulk's having another attack, you know, a heart attack or something. So he's already in a in a weakened state. Oh but, yeah, no, I I totally agree with you that it's it's not a clean victory. Yeah, no, uh, that's I, I why I'm think, putting an asterisk on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if the fight had continued, I I think I think you know it clearly goes to the Hulk. But you know, of course, the fight didn't continue because he got knocked out because he lost. Yeah. that's that's true. <laughs> that's true. I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm I, I still want to give it to him though. I really do. You know, I, I, a lot of times I, I want to give the fight to the thing because it's almost like I feel bad for the thing that he he's so outclassed by the Hulk so often. Uh, right. And this isn't even Ben Grimm, so I don't have that same, you know, that same uh, just perspective that oh, I you know I want to give it to him because I want him to win a fight. It's it's Ms. Marvel who I have no affection for or or no problem with either. I just don't really have any feeling whatsoever about her. Uh, so that, so I have no, no, uh, no dog in the race on this one, but I just feel like I gotta, you know, I gotta look at how the outcome came out and, you know, when, when all was said and done, he was laying there unconscious and, you know, she, she was still standing. So even though there were chance times when he could have taken her out, he didn't. 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this was a tough one because even even she admits the fact that, you know, that he must have been more injured than than she suspected. Because she says, I must have hurt him more than I thought. And that last uh, last punch was the last straw. So I don't know. I mean, I see your point. And you're you're right. The the fight didn't go longer, and you know he is knocked out. So yeah, I guess you have to grudgingly give it to her. But I'm I'm very grudging on that one. <laughs> and, and and I am also doing so grudgingly. That's why that's why I'm ready to put an asterisk on it. Because because she didn't she didn't do it cleanly. It wasn't it wasn't mano a mano and and she wins. It was you know she she gets some help from other sources, including. Uh, madman with the poison that's running through his veins and and that's you know that's what ultimately does it so here's here's a question for you on the on the verbal sparring who won this one because initially i was going to give it to the hulk but there's something to consider here in the fact that ben is man enough to apologize and i i think that carries a lot of weight I, I think it carries a lot of weight as far as my respect for the character, but it doesn't it doesn't carry weight as far as winning the verbal sparring. As far as the verbal sparring goes, I think uh, the Hulk runs rings around both of them. Just because right. he's, he's a wisest. It doesn't make him a good guy. Apologizing makes Ben a good guy. Right. And, and you know, the, the Hulk... The Hulk wins the sparring, not because he's a good guy, but because he's a son of a bitch. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which but is I'm why still, I'm giving him that that I'm giving him credit for that as far as you know winning the the battle there. Cool. I really like this. I would I would really encourage anybody that hasn't read this that has an interest to uh, to check it out. I I really enjoyed it. The only thing um, about it that I, I thought the last chapter was a little bit weak, um, both artistically and don't get me wrong. I really like Dale Keown. I just didn't like his depiction of the Hulk in that issue. Cause he was supposed to be like really emaciated and wasting away and everything. And I get that, but he still just looks really bizarre and like severely off model. And it was a little off putting to me. Um, plus I thought the story ultimately ended very weakly and then, spoiler, and if you don't want to be spoiled, fast forward a couple of seconds, but uh, what's his name? Madman, which is a really shit name, by the way, um, does not die. It, at least not here. He he does come back later to Plague the yeah. Hulk. And uh, according to uh, the Marvel Wiki, he, he did die not long ago, but that was like fairly recently in the pages of thunderbolts of all places. So he yeah, does they make it look as if he story. dies at the end of the story, but yeah. then, yeah, but I mean, how many comic characters is that true for? Right. right. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always willing to give them a full, a free pass. If somebody later comes along and, and retcon something to, to, you know, to bring a character back somehow. Now I was really proud of myself that while I, I had never heard of, What's what's the guy's name? Was it Richard Stearns? Oh, I had uh, never heard of him, but I caught Stearns, so that right away put me in mind of the leader. Um, and I kind of thought he was the leader. But, I had the same thought process. Yeah, but you know, of course, he's not. Oh, Phil, that was his name, Phil, Phil Stearns. Um. But yeah, I caught that right away when somebody called him Stearns. I was like, "Ooh, he might he may have something to do with the leader." But I'd never heard of the guy. Apparently, this was his like one appearance. It was in this story arc, you know, come and gone. Um, and then Madman, his alter ego, I'd I'd never heard of him either. And like I say, I thought I thought it's a pretty weak name. You know, it's like you just couldn't think of anything else that wasn't already trademarked or something. And then his look was just ridiculous. He was like he was like mashing like Red Hulk and the Scarecrow together or something. It was just really bizarre. So yeah, I would I would have just I'd much rather it was just been the leader. Yeah, but you know, I thought it was an interesting twist to have it be somebody who the you know, the that the leader was against, but had a, a a 
problem himself as far as killing him goes. Right. Uh, I, I thought there was some, you know, it, 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 I thought it lent some interest to the story for me. So I, I had no problem with that. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just the, the retcon of, oh, he went to school with Bruce. He's always been jealous of him. And he happens to be the leader's brother. Just when they do stuff like that, it's just, you know, I guess, the, you know, the comment is always that it makes the world too small. Yeah. Well, plus, I had the thought today when I was thinking about this that, OK, you know, fine, I, I can, you know, I can play with retcons. I can play with all that for the sake of a story. But if you start thinking about it too much, then it starts to break down. And I got to thinking, OK, unless he and his brother are like severely estranged or, or whatever their relationship is, I would think that a guy like the leader if he has a brother that's essentially a Hulk, then why the hell have they ever teamed up? I mean, that seems like that's a pretty good combo right there. You know, you've and got with, with, you've got with the, the leader's demon. mental power, you think yeah. you manipulate him. Yeah. So you've got the gamma irradiated brains and the gamma irradiated brawn. You put that together. That's a pretty awesome team right there. So yeah, the, the retcon didn't quite work for me in that aspect. Um, what they needed to do was play up more of the angle of I won't kill my brother, but I hate him, you know, something like. But he never does that. He he ne- he just says he's my brother and I won't kill him, and, and just leaves it at that. So without that tidbit of information, I'm left going, okay, well, why the hell haven't you guys teamed up to fight the Hulk? You know, why haven't you manipulate, like you said, manipulate your brother into, you know, being your, you know, your muscle or what? I don't know. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But n- now it sounds like I'm nitpicking the story. I really did enjoy it, but that part of it just didn't really work for me. Yeah, I don't disagree with either of your points there. That that the story was really good, and that that particular point, you know, could have been better developed. Right. So I got no problem with but that. But that said, I did enjoy it. Okay, and with that said, I'm going to say goodbye to our listeners. we'll see you all next time bye thank you so much for listening to our show and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness you can contact back to the bins to leave feedback comments questions suggestions and criticisms via email at bins at two truefreaks.com or by joining the back to the bins group on facebook Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>